everyone. Welcome back to JCM Prepare the Way. My name is Carol. And I'm Mallory. And we are so glad that you all are tuning into our podcast. And we just really hope that um, Prepare the Way is blessing you, or at least, at the very least, giving you some things to ponder. And today we are starting a new episode. We've moved out of the parables. And the episode is titled Taking Back Ground. And this topic actually came as a request from one of our other team members. But it's a topic um, that's ultimately related to the power and authority believers have in the environments in which they live or serve or work. You know, so the question is, how can believers identify situations and then discern spiritual atmospheres around them in order to live from a place of biblical authority and power? And so we're going to talk about this today. But in order to talk about it, we're also going to share some stories along the way about how this looks in our everyday life. So we are really excited. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I am really excited about this topic. And, you know, the enemy, it's just such a timely episode because the enemy has been stealing. He's been killing and destroying in so many of our lives. And we see in those lives around us. And, you know, in Luke 10, 19, Jesus says, Behold, I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing will injure you. And that's a promise from the word. Mm-hmm. And, you know, do do we feel as believers that we're living in that authority and power? You know, maybe yes for some of us, but I think a lot of us, we don't even understand the authority that we have in Christ over the enemy. And so that's why we want to talk about this today. How do we live in that authority that Christ gives us as believers And how are we to live out our mandates as saints here on Mm -hmm. earth? Mm -hmm. And as believers, we have an inheritance that Jesus paid for us that we can access here on earth now. And definitely there are things that we will never experience until we get to the other side and until we get to heaven. But on the other hand, God can do more in our lives now on this side of heaven And so, and it's even more than we can imagine. So that's why I'm Mm -hmm. really excited about this topic. And Carol's going to go into some examples. What does that look like today? What does that look like now? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly, Mallory. But, you know, I think before we get into those wonderful truths, because you said so many beautiful things there, Mm -hmm. um, and those promises, I think let's start by uh, helping our listeners understand where and how ground gets taken to begin with. What do we even mean by that phrase, Mm -hmm. taking ground? You know, um, one of the reasons I believe many Christians become immobilized and ineffective in their callings or just in their witness is because we are unaware of the enemy's tactics. Mm -hmm. And some of those are more subtle than others. And so I think what happens sometimes is if we are living out our faith, in complacency. When we do that, we lack spiritual discernment. And when we do that, we let our guard down and we become an open target for deception. And deception is one of the enemy's biggest tactics. He is always trying to deceive us. And so we know complacency is a problem when we look around at society because Satan has taken ground in our society. As we now have a whole society that is built on lies. Mm. You know, think about this for a minute. We have embraced lies about what is beautiful, what it means to be successful. Mm. We have embraced lies about God, lies about creation, lies about life when it begins in the womb. 
We've embraced lies about our identity or our future or what we should think about things. I mean, it's all around us. And scripture says the evil one, he is the prince of this world. That's in John 14. And so when we are complacent in our faith, we lack spiritual discernment. And so, you know, doing the Revelation series in Matthew 24, one of the first things Jesus says is do not be deceived. So deception is one of the enemy's biggest attack, um, biggest strategies he uses against us. So we must stay vigilant in our faith. Mallory and I are always doing podcasts on prayer and on this Mm -hmm. and on that because all those things help us stay vigilant. You know, the writer of Hebrews says it really, really well, I think, when he says, for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. And that's in Hebrews 5, 13 to 14. You know, in our ministry, JCM, it's all about helping people mature in their faith by studying the Word of God, by cultivating a life of prayer and understanding how to walk in our power and authority. Because when you mature, those powers of discernment that come from the Holy Spirit, when they are trained by constant practice, you are able to distinguish good from evil. You are able to distinguish truth from lies. You will be standing at the ready. You will not be deceived by the lies that are out there. So taking back ground, it's all about waking up to what's truly happening around us. It's almost like we're walking in a fog at the moment. Mm -hmm. And then when we wake up, stand, stand in your authority as an ambassador of Christ, as if God is speaking through you. Because when you do that, you penetrate the situation or the atmospheres or whatever environment you're in, you penetrate it with the influence of God's kingdom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so true, Carolyn. I think that is why we're doing this, like you said, Jeremiah is called to mature believers. I think there are a lot of believers out there that see the promises of God and the Bible says this, but you know, they say, I'm not seeing this in my life. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we want to come in is this is because our eyes need to be opened and trained and trained in the word of God. And so, um, yeah, I think that is so important, but I know that you called me the other day with a story about you were at lunch with my mother-in-law, <laughs> my sweet mother-in-law, and um, just a really interesting story about discerning spirit. So just go into your story oh, about your yeah. lunch. Well, that's why we want to share some stories today, because we yeah. want to help you see how you can walk out your authority and power in everyday life, how you can take background in very simple, mm-hmm. basic ways. Yeah. So I, I would like to open up with a story. Mm-hmm. And this one actually deals with evil spirits. So if that creeps you out, I'm sorry. But it's all about <laughs> discerning those spiritual atmospheres around us. And I was at lunch with your mother-in-law for her birthday. And we went to this really nice restaurant in town. And, um, you know, we were just having this wonderful time. And when we, we were just sitting at this, this two-person table, and there was another table next to us with this couple sitting there. And they were much older. And she just did not look – she looked very serious. She looked did not look very happy. She like, did not have any joy. But, you know, you just kind of glance over at someone. You don't really think much of it. Well, we got into this conversation, your mother-in-law and I got in this big conversation just about Jesus, as always. You know, we're talking, talking, talking. And um, every time we were bringing up Jesus, the man kept turning around. Again, I'm not really, um, I just really wasn't tuned. I wasn't really focused on why he was turning around, but he kept turning around looking at us. And then he would say something to the woman. Well, as we're having this conversation, all of a sudden, 
I'm starting to feel like worse and worse as the lunch goes on. I'm losing my train of thought. Like I literally got foggy brain. I could not get certain words out. Mm -hmm. I could not think straight. And I kept, and I started feeling really strange in my body. And I'm thinking in my head, I didn't Mm -hmm. tell your mother-in-law this. I was like, I think I'm having a stroke. I, Mm. oh my gosh. And I was starting to get, you know, a little nervous. Like, am I going to fall out of this chair? Am I going to pass? Is the ambulance going to come? You know, Mm -hmm. you're, she's sitting there talking to me and my mind is going in a whole different direction. But I was feeling so strange. Finally, I looked at her and I was like, gosh, I cannot put a word together. I'm like, maybe it's menopause or something. She goes, oh, it's probably menopause. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it was so much bigger than that. And this went on and on to the point where I was getting a little, really concerned. Well, mm-hmm. uh, as I'm getting concerned, I always go into my heart and I'm praying like, Lord, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Well, as I'm doing that, she gets up to use the restroom. And as I'm praying, all of a sudden, it literally just drops in my spirit, witchcraft. And so right when I heard that word in my spirit, mm-hmm. I was like, I know better. I know I've, I've been around that too much. I'm like, I know what this is. So I'm looking around, looking around. Sure enough, um, all of a sudden, I realize it might be coming from the people because they kept the stuff they were doing. So she comes back to the table. And as she sits there, they get up to leave. And in the meantime, I'd been praying in my spirit, um, quietly inside, Mm -hmm. um, against a spirit of witchcraft. They get up to leave, and a new group of people come and sit at that table. And no sooner does that happen that um, everything begins to lift, Mm -hmm. right? I'm praying. I was revealed it was witchcraft. I'm praying. Um, They leave. Everything begins to lift, and I begin to feel normal again. So I'm sharing that with your mother-in-law. And we end up leaving and we say goodbyes and we say our goodbyes and we go to the car. I go to my car and I was praying because um, I just was like, Lord, um, mm-hmm. wh- I want to know specifically what was I up against? What was that? And I know soon, sooner sit in my car and within seconds I hear mutterer. Okay, mm-hmm. that is not a word I think of ever, mm-hmm. yeah. but I hear the word mutterer. And right then I knew that I, of course, it confirmed witchcraft because muttering is associated with witchcraft and the occult because it comes especially through the channel of a medium. And a medium is someone who, friends, if you don't know, is someone who stands in the gap between the living and the dead. They're a psychic and they communicate messages that they see, and they operate through what's called familiar spirits. Sometimes people go see psychics for mm-hmm. certain things, and they are like, but they knew all about my color coat that I wore when I was 10, mm-hmm. or they knew, well, that's a familiar spirit, so they don't really know much. They're just operating through familiar spirits. Anyway, and familiar spirits are mentioned in the Bible. Well, when I heard that word mutter, I knew the Holy Spirit was revealing to me what spirit was infiltrating my lunch. It was the Mm -hmm. spirit of a medium. It was a mutterer. And what do they mutter? They mutter anything. They can mutter incantations. Uh, They can mutter spells into an atmosphere. They can mutter hexes, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Well, I immediately took authority in my car. I did not even pull Mm -hmm. out of that parking lot until I prayed the word of God over me. I prayed it over those atmospheres. I nullified any words that came against me because we have that authority Mm -hmm. as ambassadors for Christ. We have that kingdom authority 
I canceled any word, any hex, mm-hmm. any incantation, anything that was spoken against me. I stripped it of its power, but also praying over the authorities of that restaurant, whatever was released yes. in there. Who else was sitting in that restaurant? Mm-hmm. And maybe I was a target because we were talking about Jesus, but yeah. I guarantee you, if there was muttering going on, other people were experiencing other things. And mm-hmm. if they're not Christian or they don't understand this, they may be thinking they're having a real stroke. Yeah. And mm-hmm. next thing you know, they're going to the doctor. Well, all of my stuff lifted. And I, you know, we have that authority over such things, my friends. I hope you know that out there. If you're a Christian, if you've ever experienced anything strange like that, you have the authority Mm -hmm. to overcome it in the name of Jesus by the power of his blood. You know, how many, like I said, how many other people has that spirit impacted through that couple, wherever they've gone? Well, I took back ground on myself and for that restaurant and in that atmosphere. And I open with this story because... Any of you out there, you need to be aware that this is taking place all around you. Mm -hmm. I'm not kidding. For me, it was at the nicest restaurant in my community. It can happen anywhere. The grocery, work, when you're out with friends, and we need to pay attention to our environments. I was perfectly fine going in and then experienced a spiritual attack. That thing was trying to scare me into believing I was losing my ever-loving mind. Yeah. <laughs> and it was it was trying to steal my peace. And it was also trying to make me believe it was stealing my health, too. Working through that woman, sitting at a table next to me, mm-hmm. muttering. I want to say something about that particular attack, though, about the spirit of witchcraft, because I think this is important for some of you to know out there. You will know it's a witchcraft or occult spirit because what those tend to do is they target your mind and your health. As soon as that word witchcraft came in, I knew immediately what, I, what it was. It gives you foggy brain. And it gives you health scares. And I don't put up with that. I was in deliverance ministry for a while. And I just don't put up with that. When I asked the Lord to reveal truth to me about what was going on, he did. And he'll do that for you too. But you have to be paying attention. When something starts going on around you and you are not feeling right, you need to check in with headquarters and ask the Holy Spirit, something's off, something's off with me, something's off with my kids, something's off with my husband. All of a sudden we were fine coming here and now we're all fighting. You know, Mm -hmm. what is it? Pay attention. Because once I knew what it was, I stood up against it. I took authority and it had to leave. Because you know why? I'm prayed up, I'm tuned up, and I'm geared up before I go out into the day. Because I hate to break it to you out there, our atmospheres, they're spiritually charged right now with the occult with witchcraft spirits. And many believers have no idea about that. Or you don't even know how to discern it. Or some of you might even be participating in some of the activities that are considered witchcraft in Mm -hmm. nature, like tarot cards, like angel cards, like going to a psychic, right? I don't know if you know this, but in America today, psychic spiritualism is gaining popularity Mm -hmm. in television and movies books social media there is a plethora of angels ghosts witches modern day witches wizards fortune tellers psychics and mediums all of which are presented in a friendly familiar way and it is a violent deception and i say violent because that's truly what it is it's deadly i'm going to tell you if you're in colorado pay attention to what's going to happen to um Chatfield Reservoir in October. They're doing a witch's paddle. Just so you know, the witches all go out on their little, um, what do you do, paddle boards. Mm -hmm. And they go and do all their spells out on the lake. Well, isn't that, you know, Mm -hmm. that's the kind of stuff you need to be aware of. So if you're at, if you live in that area, 
and your atmosphere start getting wonky mm-hmm. in October, well, you know why. Because, friends, the Bible is very, very clear. Stay away from these things. You know, in Deuteronomy 18, it's very clear. It says, There shall not be a found among you anyone who makes his son or daughter pass through the fire. That was a pagan practice they did. Or anyone who practices witchcraft or a soothsayer. That means fortune teller. That means anybody you go to, friends out there who tells your fortune, whether it's a tarot card reader or a palm reader or anything, that's a soothsayer. And the Bible says, no, no. Mm -hmm. Or one who interprets omens. Omens or a sorcerer. That means magic. That means like wizardry. Well, that's really popular right now with kids. Or one who conjures spells or a medium. That's the one I just mentioned. They communicate with the dead or a spiritist or one who calls up the dead. Same thing. For all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord. And so we have to take this very seriously. God doesn't tell us that because he's trying to be, you know, some big heavy. He's telling it for our own good. We're dabbling in things we know nothing about Mm -hmm. yeah exactly and I was looking up some stuff last night too just on witchcraft and the numbers have just gone up so much in America it's the fastest growing religion in America yeah uh Mm uh-huh and it's crazy and I think for a lot of people you know they have those shows out I think that's on TLC like there's that one the medium show oh yeah and that woman super sweet sweet family and it's these shows that before I was even a believer, I, I didn't know what was going on, but I'd watched it just a couple times. And, you know, she'd really move someone by bringing up their old grandma from the dead that whatever, you know, and um, and these people would be crying and your grandma says this, but that's not harmless. It's actually super harmful. Mm-hmm. And yeah, going into the witchcraft and occult. So, and I think that that's just where we need to be aware as Christians is that these things are not harmless and they can bring on curses on ourselves mm-hmm. and it keeps us from the blessings of God. And so take those things really seriously again, you know, but it's interesting. You called me when you had that lunch and you were telling me about the brain fog and I was just brought back to that is what I felt. So if you guys haven't heard my healing testimony from Lyme, um, you guys can check out um, the episode on that. It's called, Do You Need to Be Healed? And I just share my story about my healing, but you'll learn from that, that I had a spirit of divination, which falls under the uh, mm-hmm. umbrella of witchcraft. That's where it comes from. And exactly what you were describing to me was what I felt like all the time. I don't even know how I finished my degree with that. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. But just that brain fog and not feeling good and um it really affects you and you know I just think well when you said you know you asked the Lord for you know God what is this spirit? I say this verse all the time but I love it. You know it says the Bible says that if we ask for wisdom he gives it to us. Mm-hmm. He's so kind. He's not going to leave us hanging. Ask the Lord, God, what mm-hmm. is this and show me and you know I think what would have happened if I if I never knew what was keeping me from my healing, what if I never knew that that was divination, Mm -hmm. but you know, it was, it was a dark spirit. It wasn't just a health issue. And you know, how many of us out there, your breakthrough is just on the, on the other side of deliverance from these spirits, which we have authority in Jesus to break. You know, it says it was as simple as that, as that deliverance, much easier, much cheaper, cheaper than the lime, you know, yeah, right. than what I would have gone through for the treatment. And in some things are health issues for sure. So I don't want to put that down, but for me, that's what it was. And we are told in Mark 16, 17, that for those who believe 
we're able to drive out demons. And a lot of us, we just don't understand. We don't even understand what's going up against this, what we're up against in the spiritual realm, like you were saying. And so for a lot of us, honestly, we're fighting the wrong thing only to be defeated in our spiritual walk, in our marriages, in our workplaces, in our health, the towns we live in, our schools, you name it. I mean, you guys, so many areas of our life. And remember what Ephesians six twelve says, it says, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the ruler, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And so remember that when it comes to taking authority in these areas of our lives. And I want to say too, a while back, uh, I think it was back in April, we did an episode where we went over a lot of spiritual warfare, how to put on the armor of God. I really loved this episode, just how to protect ourselves against spiritual I think forces. It's called the armor of God. Oh yeah, it, it's called um, spiritual warfare and the armor of God. Yeah. So I think that would pair really well with this episode, um, just to give you a little bit more background knowledge. Um, but yeah, let's talk about this authority. You were mentioning this, and you know we've hit on it, but let's go a little bit deeper into this. We have authority as believers. And so we find in 2 Corinthians 5.20, it says that we are ambassadors for Christ. And so let's think about that. What is an, let's think about, let's break this down. Like what really is an ambassador? What does this mean for us? Well, an ambassador, there's someone, they're a diplomat, they're sent by another country as its official representative to a foreign country, to a foreign country. And so we, as believers, when we put our faith in Christ, we're no longer citizens of this world. And Philippians 3.20 says, now we are citizens of heaven. Our, citi our citizenship, it's no longer in this broken world. Now we're a part of this perfect, powerful, almighty kingdom with a righteous and just king. And that's where we belong. Hallelujah. It's amazing. <laughs> like we are brought from death to life. And yes, I currently live in Colorado at a specific address, but this is so temperate temporary because what's even more real is that I am spiritually seated in heavenly places Amen. with Christ. That is where I belong. And though the world can be shaking, though the world can be spiritually charged, like Carol was talking about the kingdom where I belong to, where my spirit is going, when my body passes away, it is operating in perfect Amen. peace. Jesus is sitting on his throne. He is not moved. He is not shaken by what's going on. And so that is good news for us as believers. We have to remember this. And like Carol was saying, you know, Satan, he's the prince of the power of the air. And his kingdom's agenda is to steal, it's to kill, and it's to destroy. But the kingdom that we're a part of, God's kingdom, his agenda is to fill the earth with his, with his glory. It's to bring heaven down to earth. It's to overcome the enemy, to overcome the prince of the power of the air. And we are ambassadors. We are sent by heaven to bring God's purposes here to earth. And so we need to remember that when we're taking back ground, this is where we come from. We're not yeah. a part of this world anymore. <laughs> we're a part of the most powerful kingdom there ever That's was. Right. That, that there ever was, and we um, submit to and have the authority of the most powerful king in the world. And God has more angels than there are demons, and he has more power than there are than the enemy has. And so we are to pray and declare God's will here on earth to overcome the enemy and to know that we have that authority to do so. So I just wanted to preface all that with where we're going with the mm -hmm. examples with just that reminder that we have the victory and mm -hmm. so Carol, let's get, you shared one story, but 
you know, we can get a little practical. Like what does this look like in everyday life? Yeah. And, you know, I, I loved what you just said really quick about the kingdom, because, you know, think about a kingdom. People went out in the name of the king and they had all that authority. Mm -hmm. So wherever they took the king's name, the king's seal, people had to bow the knee and obey the orders. Well, friends, we go out in the name of the king, the king of kings, Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ, we take authority by the power of his name. And you may, I remember the first time I was ever taking authority over anything. I, I, you know, I'm saying it so weakly because I'm like, oh, I just don't feel like I have authority. (laughs) But he works through our weaknesses. I Mm -hmm. mean, we come in the name of the king. Never forget Mm -hmm. that. I just want to yeah. say something else on that too. When it does come to prayer, I think a lot of us, you know, we can pray together in our circles and it's like, um, God, if you want to do this or you want to move and we are supposed to change our prayer lives to in the name of Jesus, God's agenda is peace, That's joy, it. prosperity over my life, joy and God's glory over my church, over my pastor, over mm-hmm. our land. And so that's just such a good change your prayer life to that authority in the name of Jesus. Amen. Yeah. So continuing on, you know, um, we, I have a book warfare behind the veil. If any of you want to learn about like this realm, the first half of the book is about it. Then the second half of the book is all about our authority in Christ Mm -hmm. to overcome it. And in it, I share various stories at the opening of each chapter, and they are some good examples of how to take background because they're funny. There are, some are funny, some are just fun. <laughs> but um, I just wanted to mention that because it is a—it's hard to learn about this stuff. Mm-hmm. And but I want to give another example, and this one's not so much about dark spirits, but it's about mm-hmm. standing for truth. Mm-hmm. And I've told this story I don't know how many times, but it's such a great example. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's such a great example. My daughter was on a club basketball team and we had a uh, game in Utah. So we had to fly out there. And so, you know, got out there, went to the game. They played all day one day. And then that evening, um, a bunch of the girls were all swimming in the pool. And I was just in the pool area reading a book. Nobody else was in there with me. Well, this happened to be on the very day that the law passed for marriage when it opened the door to all kinds of, you know, the same-sex marriage and all of that, and everybody was um, putting on Twitter and everybody else, everywhere else love wins. So I'm sitting in the pool area reading a book, kind of minding my own business, when I think just about every mom from the team came in, um, and they were all chanting, love wins, love wins, and and they were all just rejoicing in the um, this whole thing that took place that day. And a lot of them knew and know I'm a Christian and know where I stand. And I think a lot of them know I, <laughs> I'm just going to say what I think. But anyway, um, but they said, Carol, isn't it great? Love wins, love wins. And I said, I'm so sorry. I just don't agree with you. Well, that would, you can imagine the mm-hmm. gasps, right? There was like 10 of them. And a couple of them said, what do you mean? Don't, aren't you in agreement that Um, People should be in a loving relationship. Aren't you for love? And I said, well, of course I'm for love. I said, and of course I think it's great when people are in a loving relationship. But I looked right at him and I said, but my opinion doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. If I call myself a follower of Christ, what he says in the Bible matters. Mm -hmm. And I said, and so I have to follow that if I'm an ambassador for Christ. Because when you're an ambassador for Christ, you come in the name of the king And it's as if God is speaking through you, that passage says. And so if we go out in the name of Jesus, 
but with our own opinions, mm -hmm. then I'm not a real ambassador. Mm -hmm. And so it's a really tough place for Christians to walk. Mm -hmm. And I knew it's not a popular answer. It's not like I even wanted to say the answer. But at yeah. the same time, when I'm being um, asked point blank, we better have a response to the people that are asking us things. Well, they all left mm -hmm. except one. And it was the Jewish gal who's mm -hmm. kind of an atheist agnostic Jew. Mm -hmm. And she sat down and she wanted to know my story. Mm -hmm. So I was able to give her my whole testimony mm -hmm. right there. And we're still friends. Mm -hmm. but, um, and, but that's the point, friends. You know, I'm a follower of Christ. I'm not a follower of people. Mm -hmm. And the key word in my relationship with Christ is follow. Mm -hmm. I walk, and that's why First John says we are to walk as he walked. I care for those moms, but I love Jesus more. I care mm -hmm. for my family members that disagree with me, but I love Jesus more. And I stood my ground, which is his ground in his word. Mm -hmm. I, I put a stake out there. I stake his claim in the conversation, and I spoke truth in love, but I spoke truth his truth in the Bible. And until anybody else out there can show me where it says different yeah. about how he has ordained marriage, I'd love, I'm, I'm open. Show me. I'm, I'm happy mm -hmm. for you to show me so I can be corrected. But right now I'm going by what the Bible says is his definition of marriage. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's the whole point, friends. The Bible says that we go out as sheep among wolves. So we need to be very, very careful because what are sheep? Sheep are followers. They'll follow someone off a cliff if that's where they're heading. And so we need to be especially mm -hmm. careful who or what we are following. And we need to make sure that the only person we're following is the true shepherd, Jesus, being led by the power of his Holy Spirit because he'll lead us the right way. John 10, 11, um, John 10, verse 11 to 12 says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, he sees the wolf coming and he leaves the sheep and flees. Hmm. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. I only have one shepherd in this whole wide world that has laid down his life for me. Hmm. And that's Jesus. So I'm not here to please the world. You know, and wolves, I want you all to think about wolves for a minute. When you think about this verse, please keep this in mind. Wolves are opportunists. They test their prey. This is actual facts. They test their prey. They sense, trying to sense any weakness or vulnerability in what they're stalking. And contrary to ambush predators that rely on the element of surprise and a short and intense burst of energy to secure their prey, wolves are endurance predators. They chase their prey, often over long distances, sometimes even a few miles, in order to find the right opportunity to get them. And most often, friends, I don't know if you know this, the prey that a wolf selects is in some way weaker or more vulnerable than the other animals in the herd. They will either go after the injured, the sick, the old, the very young, or the genetically inferior. So truly consider that in light of verse in Matthew 10, 16, where it says, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So we go out as sheep in the midst of predators that prey on their victims 
with endurance. Mm -hmm. We go out every day being hunted by predators who are ready and willing to go to great lengths to find us. And thinking about those wolves again, they'll go after the weaker first. So it's important. Read that whole passage, even after that verse, it says, and it keeps going on. It talks about all the ways that we're going to be persecuted as sheep. And at the end of the day, it says, you're going to be hated by all for my namesake. You know, if they hated Jesus and called him Beelzebub, why do we think life here for us will be easy? It's like what we said in a prior episode on a prior podcast. How is it that the world couldn't get along with the holiest man on earth, but somehow can get on with us? So know what you're up against. But even more than that, get yourself prepared a bit. Strengthen yourself in the Lord so that you are a strong sheep going out among wolves. Hmm. Wow, that was so good. I've never heard that about the wolves before. And I loved what you said. It brought me just like tears to my eyes real quick was like, there's never been a shepherd that's laid down his life for you. And that's who you follow. And yeah, that was just very good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's talk about some examples of what this looks like now. Um, how do we take back ground in our lives? And what areas are we um, kind of responsible for mm-hmm. as well as believers instead of just, you know, going into our churches or going into our neighborhoods and how do they serve us? No, we have the authority of Christ. How do we do that? So mm-hmm. what would you, what are, what's like one, would you say just to start? I think right off the bat, we need to pray for our churches and our pastors yeah. right off the bat, mm-hmm. because there is so much on, there are grave issues going on right now inside many churches. Mm-hmm. There are many scandals breaking out. There's mm-hmm. so much happening. And yes, some of it is self-induced. Again, some of it is induced because of complacency. Yeah. Some of it is induced <clears throat> because, excuse me, because we don't have, you know, this, um, we're not getting our oil lamp full every day mm-hmm. and we go out vulnerable. Mm-hmm. We're a little weaker and the wolves prey on us. I'm telling you, friends, there's wolves in every church. Be very, very mm-hmm. careful. You better have some discerning people on your leadership team at a church or within your church. People that can discern when the wolves are there. Mm-hmm. You know, and we need to keep our pastors in prayer, elders in prayer. We need to keep church in general in prayer. When's the last time you prayed for your pastor? Or, the, or if you've driven down the road and you see a little church sitting there, I don't care if it's Catholic, Baptist, non-denominational. You know, I know on I-70, there's a big church that sits right there off the highway. When's the last time you've driven by a church and just lifted up a prayer for the mm-hmm. people in there, for the pastor in there? Mm-hmm. And I also think, only because I've worked in one of the largest churches in America, but I also worked in a big one here in Colorado, we have got to stop creating environments that treat people like superstars. Mm-hmm. These pastors, these worship leaders, they're people. They put their pants on the same way you and I do every day. They have the same struggles. And what happens, you guys don't see this because you don't work behind the scenes, or some of you might. It puts so much pressure on them. They're trying to lead God's people. Most of them have a really pure heart and wanting to do that. But that whole, that whole world, when people mm-hmm. are kind of worshiping them, it plays tricks on the mind, mm-hmm. and it can mess you up quite a bit. And remember, James 3.1, it reminds us, teachers are held to a stricter judgment. And I don't know about you, but that, I've told you this before, it makes me shake in my boots. I can't tell you how many times I have prayed to the Lord, if I am not to teach the word of God, please make it stop. Because Mm -hmm. I don't want to really be standing under a stricter judgment. 
but I am just mm-hmm. from just teaching. I don't care if you teach a Bible study. I don't care if you teach a men's group. I don't care if you teach a mega church. Mm-hmm. If you're teaching God's word in any capacity, we're held to a stricter judgment. And that is a very serious statement. These people at these churches, the pastor in your church, the elders, everybody, whoever's teaching, they're going to be held accountable to live by the truth they teach, as well as being responsible not to lead people away from God's word with their own words. Mm -hmm. So we've got to pray for our church's friends. You can take that ground in your church. If your church Mm -hmm. is a little messed up right now, get on your knees, start fasting, and start praying for your leadership in your church. I'm telling you, God will hear the prayers of his people. Yeah, it makes me think, you know, and I I think there are a lot of people that you won't even know that's praying for your church that's active in the church services. And Mm -hmm. my husband is really someone who's called to that. We'll be in a church service at our church and he's always praying for the pastor. He's asking the Lord, God, what's going on in the, in this atmosphere? What are the angels doing? How can we pray and, and command the angels to work on God's behalf? Is there distraction going on? Is there demonic things of distraction? Praying those away, asking the Lord and you know, it's, you know, I can just sit in a service and just say, Lord, what do you want me to pray for this service? Mm-hmm. Just being aware, not going into always receive. Yes, we receive the word of God, but going in on mission yeah. as well. And, yeah. um, praying that it doesn't have to look like you praying out loud. It could just be you praying in your spirit mm-hmm. as you come in and, oh man, I'm feeling kind of off or I feel like everyone's really distracted right now. In the name of Jesus, I pray for clarity. I pray for focus. I pray for vision. I pray that the, um, words of the pastors are not being distorted or yeah. anything like that. So it's really just super simple. Yeah. And there are people that are called to long, long hours of intercession. And that might be you ask the Lord, or you might just be someone that's, yes, you're supposed to pray, but just these simple prayers mm-hmm. of taking authority do a lot in the mm-hmm. spiritual atmosphere. It says um, the right, the prayer of a righteous person avails, avails much. Mm-hmm. And so, that's yeah. Good. Yeah. Did you, any, it, yeah. I think the next one too, then, so after pastors, I think praying for your neighborhood, you know, whether you go on a prayer walk, I know during COVID um, I was in going on prayer walks everywhere and praying over almost every house and everything. Mm. You know, I don't know anybody that lives in some of the houses, but go on a prayer walk in your neighborhood. And if you're not able to physically walk, just go on a quick drive, drive slowly through a neighborhood, pick a neighborhood, ask the Holy spirit, which neighborhood today Mm -hmm. and drive through a neighborhood and pray for the families, pray for the homes, pray for the children, pray for the marriages, pray for faith. Mm Pray that if there's unbelief creeping in, pray for all of that to be strengthened. And so that's very powerful. And, you know, also um, my oldest son, uh, he was a big, big, big golfer and played in college and everything else. And so I was at golf courses a lot. Well, at one point I just stopped running carts and just walked them all the time because I started using them as a time to pray over those communities Mm -hmm. that were where the houses were all around the golf courses. So take advantage if you have kids in sports, if you're lacrosse or football or and you're at a practice, go drive a neighborhood nearby that practice or go take Mm -hmm. yourself on a walk if you can through one of those neighborhoods right there. Use every time you have in the course of a day. You have no idea how your prayer will affect something so Mm -hmm. powerfully in somebody's home, a situation going on right then you know nothing about, but God does. And maybe you're just the person he is sending into that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I think that's such a good, I think people don't even know, like pray for my neighborhood, pray for my church. You know, I think it's so good. Um, Yeah. And also too, 
praying over our schools. I feel, you know, my oldest is, you know, we're just starting to think about kindergarten. We're going to be putting it in preschool soon. And oh my goodness, what is out there now? I'm like, this is so different than when we were in school. My mom just put us in the closest public school (laughs) because, and it was perfect. It was safe. It was, they were teaching us great things. And you know, there, but it feels like I kind of fell into this. Like, I feel like I just have no authority. I feel like we're just subject to what's going on around us. And there are these principalities over schools, like we were talking about in that verse. And we are supposed to declare the promises of God and um, bring heaven to earth. And even if your kids don't go to that school, if your kids are going to this school, your grandkids, people that you know, pray over those schools, pray over those Mm -hmm. teachers. And teachers are up against, especially Christian teachers right now, if they're in the public school system, they're up against a lot. And there are a lot of pressures. And a lot of people are leaving because they just, they cannot Mm -hmm. do what the school system is saying and, and the regulations that they have to, um, that they have to obey. Mm -hmm. And so pray for them and pray for those environments and safety. And yeah. Yeah. Anything else on that? Um, no, I think you hit that pretty good. You know, here's a challenge for anybody out there. If you're in a Bible study group, maybe in your Bible study, why don't each of you pick a school or, or a neighborhood or a church that you all commit to praying for, for the next year and, um, and commit to praying and then, you know, give little updates every so often on how Mm -hmm. it's going. So it's just a nice exercise you can do within a Bible study group. But I think the next one, too, is just the family. I think the expectations of family. You know, one thing I've done, and I was I was taught this early, early on when my children were babies, I started praying the promises of God mm-hmm. over my children. I don't care if they were misbehaving. I don't care if they were acting opposite <laughs> than what the promise was saying from Scripture. I prayed the promises of God. I declare my children are the head and not the tail. They are above and not beneath. They are taught of the Lord and great shall be their peace. Even if they weren't acting like that in that particular day. But there's a great prayer book that we've we've suggested before to people. And it's called Prayers That Avail Much. And it's praying the word of God, but in the way we talk. And it's one of the best ones I have found out there. I know there's a few others, but this is a great one. It's Her name is Jermaine Copeland. I don't even know if she's still alive because she was pretty old when she was putting these out. But she's out of Georgia. Prayers That Avail Much. It's a fantastic collection of prayers if you need to learn how to pray over your family. But I also want to say this. You know, when it comes to our families, friends, I'm sorry. Set up some boundaries. I was taught early on, you know, sometimes we, we try so hard to be their friend we're their parents Mm -hmm. and we're going to be, I mean, God has entrusted his children into our care and we are parents for a reason. We have to put up boundaries. Sometimes you're going to have to say no when everybody else is going to that party or when everybody else is doing that Mm -hmm. particular thing and you do not have a check in your spirit. You just know that you know that you know that something you cannot send them, but you're afraid of being the bad guy. Well, you know what? You're going to have to be the bad guy for the night because you need to follow what the Holy Spirit has shown you. I can't tell you how many times I have followed. I have, Mm -hmm. I have made, I've been the strict mom or I have made those tough decisions and I've said no to things. And I'm telling you, you know, my kids were not happy in the moment, but then the next morning you hear about stuff that happened. You're like, that's why they weren't supposed to go, you know? Mm -hmm. So I just think for our parent, our families, you know, start praying over your family, start praying over your marriage. If it's struggling, pray over your children, if they're struggling, declare the promises of God. And you know, friends, when you put up those boundaries, really make time for your family and your children throughout the week, set aside special time just for you guys. That's not where your phones aren't involved, Mm -hmm. where friends aren't involved, where nobody else is involved, but just you guys. Those are just a few things. 
Yeah, that was just some free parenting advice for me, right? Oh. <laughs> that was really good. I'm reading all the parenting books right now. I'm like, Lord, help me. This is going so fast. We need to bring Karen on the podcast. Yeah, yeah me too. She, she helped me a lot. Yeah. yeah, but it makes me think of growing up, my parents were would say no to all the fun things or not all the fun things, yeah. but things that would have gotten me into trouble. And man, I threw a fit for all of them, but I look back now and I just tell my parents, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for saying no to those things because man, am I blessed for the ways that they said no and we're yeah. strong in that. And, um, yeah, but just, you know, as we're talking about prayer and we were talking about witches and the demonic and, um, the occult, do you know that witches and warlocks and, they do spells and incantations against Christian people. I heard a story of someone who met someone who was a witch who was specifically called and appointed to pray against Christian marriages. And so these things are happening. And if they're praying from the demonic and we have so much more power from the kingdom of God, like we were talking about, man, we are called to pray. We are called to bring these purposes down to earth. And so just to say that another time, like we're to pray so much more than these mm -hmm. upcoming witches are, you know, there's mm -hmm. so many, like we said, growing in numbers. So just a reminder of that. Yeah. And you know, when you are living in a place of active faith where you're actively, where you're actively praying and all that, you know, you are gird, you know, girded up. It says gird up the loins of your mind, you know, and we are girded up. And so you, I pick up on, I don't know, I'm, you probably do too. I pick up on things in the mm -hmm. atmospheres where it's like something is wonky. This is, mm -hmm. you know, and then I just start praying and I pray all the time, everywhere. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I just want to, um, I just want to close with one more story because this is an example of, of something that took place in a place of entertainment. And um, in my community again, and this actually happened, it was a fluke. A woman emailed me who's a Christian and said, did you see this? I got an invitation to this event at this um, particular event center in our town. And I'm reading it and I was like, no, I didn't get this invitation. But they had invited this really well-known medium or psychic to this place uh, who she's from Denver and um, but she's very well-known. And so, you know, and, and here's the attitude I take. And I don't know if there's anybody else out there. You know what, when, when, when you're in prayer so much, when you're reading the Bible, when you are trying to teach the word of God and then something comes into your community and you, for me, I'm just like, no, mm -hmm. no, 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 this is not acceptable. We work way too hard yeah. to, to pray for our environments. Mm -hmm. So I called on some friends and I said, this is taking place on this and this date. This woman is coming in. She's very well known. Well, so, um, Several of us met in the parking lot. And then before I left the house, though, it was really interesting. I heard, it wasn't audible, but in my spirit, it was like, write down my message. And I'm like, write down the message. So I just got a piece of copy paper. I scribbled what I felt like I was hearing in my spirit mm -hmm. of some, a message for her. And I folded it up. So we get to the parking lot and, um, everyone else is praying outside. And I said, well, I'm going to go inside. Mm -hmm. So I go inside and I'm kind of standing in the lobby. And I, I just felt like the Lord said, stand right here. Mm -hmm. So I'm standing in the lobby and, um, all of a sudden I see people that are attending the event start to come in. And I was looking at him because they just, some of them just look really like hurt or very mm -hmm. lost or, 
they were looking for hope actually mm-hmm. at the end of the day but yeah. you could see it in their face and I had such compassion on them like oh gosh you're going into the lion's den you don't even mm. know you're about to go into a wolf you know and I'm praying I'm just praying and praying and praying in the lobby under my breath and um and then there's this pause, and I don't see any, and tons of people came. And it was super expensive. Like, mm. it was hundreds and hundreds of dollars oh, to come wow. and see this woman. Mm. So not only are they deceiving people, but they're making a ton of money while they're mm-hmm. at it. So, which makes me mad. It just makes me so yeah. mad, Mallory. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so next thing you know, here she comes in through the front door. But she has her handlers with her. And she had a couple people on each side. And I'm telling you what, you talk about somebody, it looked like, this character out of Lord of the Rings that was the one that, um, if anybody watched Lord of the Rings out there, he was like the right-hand man of a king that was possessed by another guy and he had black stringy hair. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it was what you would have pictured. I know I went off a tangent, but they walked in. Friends, I just want to tell you this. The power of God in you, your mere present as a grain of salt in an environment like that is powerful. Even if you say and do nothing, that mm-hmm. woman looked at me. I looked at her. We had each other. We knew exactly because we both, that discernment. Mm. She has a gift. She's just using yeah. it in the wrong way, yeah. you know? And so we had each other's number. And they looked at me and they escorted her quickly into the room. Well, now I knew why the Lord wanted me to write down wow. this message. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, they wouldn't let me near her. Then the two people came out of the room and stood right in front of me. And it was a, it was a, it was like a stare down, and I just stared at them. They stared at me, but they were very uncomfortable squirming. Yeah, uh-huh. The enemy, you guys, the enemy. He's a created being. Yeah. He has to obey the Lord. And so, when you carry the presence of God in you, friend, you got it. You you've mm-hmm. got the Lord is our portion, yeah. which means it's not like a dinner plate with a little piece of rice and a little sliver of steak. He's your whole plate. He's your, he's your portion. He fills your whole being. He fills everywhere you go. He is your portion. You have nothing to fear. And so it became this thing. So I, I walk, so I'm like, okay, I'm done with these people. So I walk up to this really kind waitress and I said, can you deliver this message into the the guest, the speaker? And there she goes, oh, I'd be happy to. And I said, it's very important. You got to put it right into her hand. She goes, I will. And I said, and then tell me what happens when you come out. She goes, okay. So I gave her the note. Uh She delivered it. It was a couple minutes later. She comes out and she goes, she read the whole thing. And I'm like, sweet. Oh my goodness. I was done. And the girls outside, I came outside. They were all interceding. They were all praying. It was mm. a team effort. It's a team. You, you know, you go by two by two. You don't want to go somewhere alone. So, you know, yeah. you're, it's a team effort. They were praying. And, and, you know, I had no idea what I was doing. Well, so then it was two years later. I'm in there having dinner with my husband and my kids. And all of a sudden, I see all these people walking in. And they're going to the event center. I wasn't aware of it this time, but the Lord sent me in unknowingly. And all of a sudden I asked the waitress, what's going on in the event center? And she goes, oh, that um, so-and-so, I'm not going to give her name, that so-and-so is back. And I'm like, she's back? And I'm like, so I texted intercessors. A couple of them came down. One went on one side of one wall. I was on another side. And we sat there and interceded the whole time again. Mm. This time she didn't come through the front door. She Uh came in through a back door. But... That's what I'm talking about, taking back ground. Mm-hmm. This stuff's happening in your community and my community all over the place. You don't have to 
go in there and do anything weird, but you do need to pray <laughs> and you do need to understand what's happening in your environment and you need mm-hmm. to pray for the Lord's power to come upon it. And you know what? I, I must've prayed for her for a solid three months for her salvation. Mm-hmm. I prayed, Lord, let her have hurt. I, I, it was a very clear message. You want them to be saved. Yeah. You want them to come out of that darkness, out of that, you know, but in the meantime, God has sent us here. Acts uh, nineteen seventeen. one of them says, you know, this is the place you are appointed to live now. And he has given everybody a sphere of influence. He didn't appoint you to live during the time of the first century church. He appointed us to live now in this crazy environment that we're in. And he assigned us the boundaries of our dwelling. Mm-hmm. So you're in your place of assignment for a reason. So mm-hmm. this, I consider our place where we live, our assignment. Mm-hmm. And so when something like that comes in, I don't mess around. Mm-hmm. So that was just the last thing I wanted to shake with or um, uh, end with. So anyway, sorry, I talked a lot. No, so good. I was hanging on to every word of that story. That's crazy. And just, again, the authority that we have and going in pairs and praying. And like you said, it doesn't have to be anything weird. I thought maybe you would have, like, brought your shofar in and, like, blown the shofar. <laughs> Got digging out. No, and I didn't even <laughs> no, speak to her. I didn't even yeah. speak to her. Yeah, no. uh-huh. Well, you guys, you know, start taking back ground today. Start with yourself. Form a routine every day with the Lord and ask the Holy Spirit to help you and to help to fill you continually. He is a spirit of truth and he will lead you into all truth. And also, if you guys are in the area, we have a Bible study coming up that we're super excited for. It's going to be all on the Holy Spirit. We're going to go in depth. It's just going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be local here in Evergreen. It starts September 20th. And we'll have it online at some point as well. But we really encourage you to sign up at jeremiahscall.org. And if you can join us online, that's great. But if you can come in, um, we'll just have a lot of special things and um, get people really prepared and equipped and have group time as well. So it'll be really great. But I'm just going to pray a blessing over all of us. Just, Lord, thank you that we are a part of your kingdom. Lord, your kingdom is perfect. It is the most powerful and it is in perfect peace. Lord, I pray that you fill us and all of our listeners, Lord, everyone listening right now, God, with the power, with the knowledge of heaven. And Lord, you, I just feel like you want to just drop down into our spirits right now, Lord, individual assignments. You know, if you've never heard of this or this is all new to you, God is with you to take that one next step and he'll show you where to take ground in your life. So Lord, we bless everyone who's listening with those specific assignments and protection from the Lord in the mighty name of Jesus. And if you guys, um, if you guys have any, any interesting stories where, man, God just gave you the victory in some things that would be just really encouraging for us and maybe our listeners to hear, you can email us at prepare the way at jcmcolorado.com or you can email us for prayer or anything yeah. else that you're interested in. So um, you guys, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate all of our listeners out there and we'll talk to you next time. Take care.